Hello and welcome to the Creative Tea Break. This is episode two, and today we're going to be talking all about freelance benefits, part one. So it's been three months. Three months, is it? The last episode we recorded was on New Year's Eve. And if you haven't heard that episode, you can check it out and uh, have a listen and tell us what you think. But it's been a while since we uh, have recorded another episode. And don't worry, it's not because we've uh, given up (laughs) (laughs) one episode in. Um, But we got struck really badly with illness, didn't we? And that that makes it sound quite serious. But January, what happened January? Well, January... Uh, I had an operation on January the 10th, I think. So I was laid up for a couple of weeks after that. And right around the time that I got better, Dylan got struck down with the flu, like the flu. I was pretty sick. Yeah, it wasn't man flu. It was genuinely the flu. I hate that. I hate it. You know, as soon as you got a flu, man flu. No. But it was was proper flu. It was the flu. And then I thought I was in the clear. I thought I had dodged the flu. But then as Dylan started to get better, I got the flu. So I was out for about a week or two after that. Yeah. So Meg was caring for me. Well, I was caring for you. Mm. Then you were caring for me. Mm -hmm. And then there was crossover where we were both ill. We were both ill. uh, And we just carried each other's burdens. You started to care for me. And then I started to get a little bit better. And then, to top it off, Dylan got the flu again. Yeah, I got a, se- I got a second strain of flu. So in in the one month, we had three cases of the flu. Yep. Uh, the second time I had the flu was like I couldn't speak. Uh, yeah, it was, it was bad. So throat's better. We're back on track, caught up a bit with work, and we're ready to crack on with the podcasting. So thanks for bearing with us. We have our tea, as per usual. Mm. What are you drinking, Meg? I've got some peppermint tea from Twinings. I have got uh, passion fruit with a twist with a twist of hibiscus. It says um, from Tetley. I don't think you can get this in the UK. Well, I haven't seen it. It's from Australia. This one. It's really sunny outside, so we're hitting spring now. So it's time to bring out the fruity herbal teas. I think. Now, the topic we've got for today is a topic which I think is really important, and it's a topic that I've wanted to cover on the podcast ever since we had the idea to do it, really. Mm-hmm. And we're calling it Freelance Benefits, and it's going to be part one, and we'll explain what that means. If you are working a normal job... A job job. Job job, a real job, <laughs> with a boss and with other colleagues, all that kind of stuff, the normal stuff, if, you, if you've got a typical... Day job, then you will probably have or definitely have benefits that come with that job. Mm. That's what they'll be classed as. So if you go onto a job website looking for a position, you'll see listed under that job description. In most cases, they'll outline the benefits that come with that position. And that's expected. A lot of those are are required by law and some of them are, you know, uh, they go up in stature. There's more position, uh, more benefits as, as the job and the career progresses. But if you're working for yourself, if you're a contractor or a, a freelancer and self-employed in some way, it's you're not required really to do any of those benefits anymore. And they can really just slip off the radar. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you've been freelancing for a few years and you're essentially treating yourself like crap. And you're treating yourself in a way that you wouldn't even be allowed to legally 
to be treated that way in, in, a, in a normal day job. Or wouldn't even stand for if you were that employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, if a good, good example, we'll get to it in, in, in a sec, but pensions is a good example. Mm. If you were working in a, in a job and the, they weren't paying you a pension, well, legally, you, well, that, that would be illegal and you'd leave. Well, you should. But you're working for yourself. We know so many freelancers who ask, how's your pension going? Not that we ask a blunt question like that, <laughs> but, we, you know, we do discuss pensions and things and, oh, I, I'm not really looking at my pension at the moment. And that's an example and that's understandable. We've been there. But these are the kind of things we want to just briefly chat about um, so we can take some actionable steps to get ourselves to the point where we're being treated in a way where we'd expect to be treated if we were employed normally. Mm. And then part two, so that's part one. Part two we'll cover another time. Might be next. We're not sure. We're, we're, we've got some other things planned. But mm-hmm. it'll be about the extra benefits that we can make work for us as freelancers. So the first slot, part one, will be the things we should expect and work towards. Part two are the ones that we can really, are unique to freelancing, that we can make work for us. So let's get stuck in. So the first benefit, as it were, that we should cover is a good segue from our harrowing tales of being ill. Yeah, a bad start to the year. Is the topic of sickness. So if you were to have a normal job, you'd be entitled to statutory sick pay within the UK, I think it's is the correct phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly how that works. You probably know more than me about that. Uh, it's, well... It's been a long time since yeah. we've worked job jobs, so yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't we're not going to go into the nitty gritties on this <laughs> podcast because we're going to give bad advice. But in, I know in Australia, in the states, and wherever you're listening from, um, we'd love to hear where you're listening from. By the way, yeah, um, you will be offered in most cases something like that for when you're ill, and it's so easy, isn't it, to feel guilty mm. when you take home off if you if you work for yourself. Like just the just the feeling of I'm not getting anything done, I'm not earning money, I mm. should be working harder. You just want to power through, but then you suffer more. Yeah, you can aid your recovery time, can't you? Mm. Sometimes you just need to chill yeah. and recuperate. But instead you're driving yourself into the ground even more. Yeah. So uh, I guess the first actionable when we talk about sickness is just to remember that you deserve to be able to take time off when you are ill. Mm-hmm. Just remind yourself, you deserve it. If you worked a normal job, you could pick up the phone and you could say to your boss, I'm ill. I can't come in. Mm -hmm. And you'd still get paid, wouldn't you? To an extent, if it's within your days. Yeah, I mean, it depends, obviously, how how long things go on for. But, you know, if you you woke up with a stomach bug... um, you you would not be expected to come in and they probably wouldn't wouldn't want you to come in either because you wouldn't want to spread all your germs everywhere yeah so you don't have to worry you can chill you can recuperate and go in when you're good Mm. but we forget that when we work for ourselves. yeah and we create situations where we feel guilty and where our recovery isn't as quick as we as it could be but obviously there's considerations around this in terms of money your cash flow um and I think it's probably the 
best in terms of actionable steps to, to break, to, to look at illness, because sickness and illness can mean different things. So there's almost like th- three bands, isn't there really? Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, actionables on how, how serious that illness is really. So I guess the first one would be something like what, like a cold? Yeah, I mean, if you've got a cold, got a migraine, stomach bug, like the common kind of reasons you uh, would be too unwell to work. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's if you're if you just got a, a simple, say simple cold, but a flu, something like what we had. Well, it's not it's it, you're going to get better. And it's a case of managing those the, the thoughts and the guilt so you can return to work. Now that probably shifts into the second band where it starts to get more serious. So you had an operation in January. Yeah, so I I knew I was having an operation. It was planned months in advance. Um, And obviously I had penciled out in my mind and in my diary that uh, my recovery could take from two to six weeks, depending on what happened. Thankfully, it was a quick recovery. Um, I was good to go after about two weeks, wasn't I? Um, But I was, you know, aware... And I allowed myself the time that I needed to recover. Um, And I just made sure on the lead up to Christmas, because the operation was in January, that I had sufficient funds aside for it not to completely ruin everything that, you know, the fact that I was Mm. taking time to recover. Yeah. So there's that first band where it's not really going to affect your cash flow too much because Mm. it's really short term. And you'd probably just be calling up your boss saying, don't feel too well today. So that's more just about managing those feelings of guilt and, and focus on recuperation yeah this then there's that sort of next tier where okay your money could be affected because you might be off for a little bit longer mm-hmm. so it's just a case of making sure that you work in to your processes and it could be this could be a gradual thing but a buffer so a savings account just always having a buffer on your on, on your takings however you want to structure it so that when you do get ill because it, it will happen mm-hmm. you're not screwed yeah you're you're not sitting on the couch going, oh, I've got to, I've got to work or I can't eat, mm-hmm. you know, even though you may not want to eat. Mm-hmm. Can't afford my lozenges and chicken soup. <laughs> but you really are in a situation where you can just focus on recovery mm-hmm. and not worry. Yeah. And then there'd be a third tier. These are all very broad, but the third tier would be something even more serious than that where it could be a long-term illness. And for that, if you were working a normal job, you'd likely have or possibly have as your career progressed, some sort of illness cover. Mm -hmm. And we'd really recommend looking. We can't give financial advice on the podcast, of course. I don't know where the lines blur with this, but seriously consider having some sort of illness cover. Um, And that can be a business expense, depending. But uh, that means that if you are seriously ill, you've secured possibly your business and also your livelihood as well mm-hmm. and that's really important and, and by d- those three actionables they're really quite simple if you look at them long term and things like um illness cover and that i mean we're not talking it's not it's actually surprisingly cheap really well, and you may have already you yeah, may you already have, have it, it. um you sometimes may been, it comes free with stuff yeah and you may have been required to take it out for the sake of your mortgage that's probably where we started oh you need it sometimes for the mortgage i thought it was just a perk that came with it Okay. Yeah. yeah. Might, Again, we're not sense. giving advice, yeah, but yeah. you know, where it's uh, you may already have it, um, but certainly, um, it's not as daunting as it sounds to take out that kind of insurance, and it's well worth having. Yeah, and we're starting with a bit of a boring topic, talking about sickness, but this is is really important, and it's so easy to overlook. I mean, 
maybe yourselves, certainly when we started, as as Meg said, we had the the uh, illness cover, but it was by default, like we hadn't really considered it in the sense of what it, what it meant for us. And we would we weren't thinking about this kind of stuff, you know. I'd get ill and I'd have to I'd really try hard to work or whatever. But you owe it to yourself um, and your business. Well, to protect your income, isn't yeah. it? We're not talking about health insurance like private health gather we're talking about no, no, no. Pr- protecting your income yes yes, yes. obviously uh, private health cover and stuff can be offered with jobs but we're talking primarily about um yeah about making sure that you can recuperate uh not stress mm. and yeah it's future proofing what you do yeah so that if you do get ill it's not just a bad medical diagnosis it's not that and also a death sentence to your business mm-hmm. it's okay we can roll with this we future proof what we do yeah so that's that's the first one that's a, that's a benefit that you could expect with with many jobs um in different ways um let's work towards if you're listening and you're freelancing contracting working for self let's work towards making sure that we uh, take those on board and structure that into the into what we do yeah yeah it's it's a multifaceted approach isn't it yeah and that probably leads on nicely to time off holidays leave remote working that kind of thing um in the uk we're entitled to a certain number of holidays aren't we it, it seems to vary a lot because we looked at quite a few different job posts just to get sort of information for this podcast from. Um, and there was anything from sort of 22 days up to 28 generally. Okay. There must be some sort of legal thing. We're, yeah. we're not going to comment on that. But different countries, again, we talked we are in the UK. But if you're working for yourself, especially when you're starting out, it's so easy not to take time off. We know mm-hmm. people who haven't taken time off in like a decade. We hear like first holiday in years. Yeah. Um, but again, if you were working a normal job and the boss said, can't go away, you got to work straight for six years, 10 <laughs> yeah. years. You, you would just, leave. Yeah, you're like, what? You know, tell you, where you can, uh, what you can do with your job. Mm. But it's so easy to fall into that. Mm-hmm. And even if you love what you do, it's not healthy to do it without breaking mm-hmm. holidays are a good thing it's yeah. not all just about um living up the high life and going and spending cash and all that it's about chilling taking time off and coming back to what you do refreshed yeah i mean on a holiday doesn't have to necessarily be stepping on a plane it can be just having a few days off at home like yeah. it's about time off ultimately. yeah so when we talk about this and we're saying you all of a sudden have to afford to be able to go off somewhere fancy or anything like that it could be get a tent and just go stay away somewhere have a staycation something but have some time that you're taking a break from what you do as much as you love it mm-hmm. it's healthy to break so even uh, i guess leave also applies not just to holidays but just like days off for functions and doing stuff like yep. you might have a, a family event some sort of personal event personal life thing and again if you're working somewhere you'd say to the boss can you put that in the calendar i need to take some time off for xyz mm-hmm. but when we work for ourselves often we'll 
ditched that. I've, I've been guilty of that when we started, for sure. There was mm-hmm. things I should have gone to and events I should have taken time off for, but no, I was, I was busy working, had to hit a deadline, had to get a project done. And that happens, doesn't it? That, I mean, I'm not taking away from, away from that, but an actionable in terms of leave could be working your calendar in advance, couldn't it? And working those things like in, sort of leaving to the last minute, intentionally saying, no, I'm, t- I'm blocking out this for a break. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's good to have a diary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's another podcast. Mm. But it's being intentional. Because yeah. I, I know for me, if we were whimsical with when we went away, if we just said, oh, we'll do it when we feel like it. It wouldn't it, happen. It, it wouldn't happen because there's always a deadline mm-hmm. and we need to inform clients we're going to be away X, Y, Z and, and work that in. And I guess as well, if you if you do it that way, sometimes you can leave it till you really, really, really need a holiday. And mm-hmm. then it's like, it's almost too late. Like you need... Well, you're letting yourself get to the point of burn now, yeah, burnout yeah, to yeah. determine. Yeah. So don't wait till burnout mm. to have a holiday. Yeah. Nip it in the bud before. Yeah. You know, you hear people say, oh, I really, really need a holiday. I need to go away now. And that, that's fair. But try and go away regularly enough. Well, again, not, d- not necessarily go and when away. I, sorry when I say go away. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan's just, he just loves to travel. Yeah. But it's not, it's not just you know hopping on a plane it's it's t- taking a day yeah. a weekend a week whatever um just to relax and even if that is on your sofa or maybe that is going on holiday um it's necessary yeah yeah so i mean i just want to say go away probably translate that as away from your desk yes um and and sometimes as well we can cover that a bit in part two but there are things you can go to as well that if you can balance it and they could be work related so maybe you don't, uh, maybe you'd like to get away from your desk, um, but there's a, a conference on or some sort of work-related events, um, a museum or some sort of function, you know, that is relating to what you do, some networking thing. Hmm. You can kill two birds with one stone as well. And, and you know, often that'll be a business expense as well. So we can talk about that in part two. Um, but there's there's different ways to rejuvenate and, and refresh and, and take advantage of a convention which would be normal in a normal job yeah so make sure you're getting away from your desk mm-hmm. what's another benefit what's what's something else we could talk about that we often forget when working for ourselves the dreaded p word pension oh okay let's say pastrami <laughs> not Prosciutto. for you parmesan or just food until <laughs> no. i'm hungry pensions okay what about them well i think people neglect them for two reasons i think on one hand they're really difficult to understand yeah. i still don't fully understand how pensions work no. uh, dylan gets it a lot more than me wow. um so that can be a barrier um but also you know i think the idea of saving for retirement and trying to imagine being old, um, it seems like quite an abstract concept and maybe something we don't want to think about. We don't want to think about getting old. Um, you know, we're living for today. Um, so it's really, really easy to let uh, the idea of a pension or taking out pensions just to completely fall by the wayside. Yeah. When you, the thing is, if you're working a normal job again, use that phrase normal job, they, um, this will be handled for you mm. in Australia, for instance. This would have been handled for you for a long time in the UK. The laws have recently come in, but 
previously than that, you might your employer might have done that. And you'll be required to pay in. They'll be required to to match fund it and or to do whatever arrangement you've got, but they're required to put in a, in a contribution as well. And it just ticks over. But when you're working for yourself, you've got to be a lot more um, purposeful about having a pension. Mm. And what happens is if you go to the pub for a drink or the cafe or whatever for coffee with friends, let's say you're the only uh, freelancer there and you're meeting with three people who have normal jobs. Pensions probably aren't going to be the topic of conversation because, (laughs) well, it's it's boring, but also because (laughs) those other three people don't need to think about it, but Mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. So you can't rely on other people to sort of egg you on and to kind of to get you going on it. You've got to be purposeful yourself and driven to sort your pension out. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything too complicated but we're just trying to say is don't end up neglecting your pension and regretting it because when we started we'll be we'll be transparent here i reckon we went 10 years without a pension Um, maybe not that nearly that long well uh we started our pension just before we turned 30 okay um so probably a good eight years without yeah. a pension so um, full transparency that was stupid yeah really um, really stupid um and sorry if we've just called anyone listening stupid <laughs> but our goal personally our goal is to get to a point where we're so we're, we're, we're comfortable we're paying what we should be per month now we think um but and that's a, another topic we're not going to give advice on that because heaps of different people tell you different things mm-hmm. you might want to get an ifa or something like that someone to give you financial advice yep but what we're trying to do now is make up for lost time that's our next goal with the pension so we get to a point where we would be had we been employed normally because yeah. that's kind of a benchmark for us is well if we were employed normally where would where would we be with a lot of these things with benefits that's the kind of the example that's the sort of the example we're setting yeah and just to say as well i mean we've had a laugh about it but you know it's it is um very common to feel a bit overwhelmed and confused by pensions and it is incredibly common for freelancers and self-employed people to um sort of not forget but kind of stick their head in the sand about pensions um yeah. so if you've done that please don't feel yeah, bad yeah, yeah. Please, we are not here to point the finger together like we're just speaking from experience and we wish that we could go back and tell our former selves to prioritize it back then yeah you, you think you've got all the time in the world and there's heaps of scary stats out there in terms of like obviously compound interest. I think Einstein was the one who said compound interest is the most powerful force in the world or something <laughs> like that. And the difference between starting a, a small pension when you're really young or starting it with bigger contributions when you're older, it's crazy. Like you're way better off generally starting a small and starting a young. So mm. with whatever you can afford now, just start small and just start something would probably be my advice. But again talk to someone who knows a lot more than me you can have a chat with your bank you know if, yeah. if you can't afford to get an ifa in and um, you know the, the bottom line is that you know it's easy to say oh I, I can't afford a pension and you know if you go on calculators and you see the sums and it feels overwhelming better to start with something yeah. anything like even if it's a tiny amount like it is better than doing nothing at all yeah because that even that small thing will be doing something in terms yeah. of interest yeah so it's, it's really easy when you're freelancing. You think, oh, I'm doing okay with money. Maybe maybe you're, you're doing okay and you're thinking, yeah, yeah. But what happens when you retire? You know, we, we just, as people, we don't think about the... the we don't like to. Long term. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably what it is. So that's another boring topic out of the way. Pensions. Please consider sorting that out if you haven't already because 
your boss would be doing that for you or accountant or whoever in a normal job and so you owe it to yourself to do that as a freelancer and you owe it to your future self yeah and family and all that as well Talking about the future, training and career progression. <laughs> These, this is an exciting podcast, isn't it, guys? Oh I'll admit this probably sounds dead boring, but I'm hoping this is really, really useful because I could have done with this podcast yeah. a few years ago for sure. Um, sometimes if you look at a job description, it will explain, it will describe um, potential for career progression, training, you know, uh, enhancement, all that kind of stuff. And what that's saying is if you go and work a job, there's potential for you to work up the ladder and uh, your salary and benefits and all that increase at the same time. But if we freelance, we can forget about all that and just Mm -hmm. stay the same. Yep. And while our position may not change if we're freelancing, our skills, our knowledge and all that should. Mm -hmm. So it's a warning against stagnating, really. And there's heaps of... Online courses. Yep, lots of free stuff as yeah. well as paid for. Yeah, yeah, there's there's one that you pay a small subscription for. There's one of courses you can purchase. And then there's just like YouTube and stuff. You can learn loads. I mean, we renovated two houses with YouTube. You know, you can learn heaps of stuff off that. <laughs> Not that we're advising you no, should no, do no. that. No, but like... But, yeah. Yeah, YouTube yeah. is a really good resource. Yeah. How to, whatever. <laughs> and that's a really simple way of career progression is what they'd call it. Because how many freelancers and self-employed people, contractors do we know that have been doing what they do for years but are still using the practices and methods that they used years ago? Mm. And I know people that now find it hard to get like contract positions or, or roles or whatever because they haven't learned new tech or they haven't, yeah. for in my term, it's tech, or maybe haven't learned new techniques or kept up with styles and all that kind of stuff. And, and you can often, um, again, talking about YouTube, I've watched videos by illustrators that have been, you know, illustrating for 20, 30 years, and they might be having a bit of a rant about uh, younger illustrators coming up through the ranks, and it's almost like they feel... Um, in, not intimidated but threatened by people with new skills and you know the fact yeah. is we have to stay relevant we have to update our yeah. skill sets that's a common question isn't it if you're in an interview you often want to know what's my future here mm-hmm. what's the potential for career progression in, in this role in this company you know it's uh, really important and we know we all know people that have climbed up the ranks you know and uh, started really junior level or something and now they're like you know higher executive stuff and senior management mm-hmm. um, but we don't do that with ourselves and obviously we, our name might not change no one starts their freelance role with like a, a position title that's like really junior we we'll always give ourselves like grand I think my first position I called myself was like creative director that's yeah, a good one company director. I'm creative director and I'm 21 you know <laughs> but we don't we don't treat ourselves starting at the bottom but then because of that we don't focus on career progression and we need to invest in ourselves and we work for ourselves if you worked for someone you'd expect them to invest in you Mm -hmm. so when you're working for yourself invest in yourself there's courses there's books you know make time in terms of your 
your schedule for research and development and for passion projects and experimenting and all none of that's wasted it's all things that sort of sharpen your skill set yeah and we've you know we talked about this uh, when we were planning the podcast there's um obviously uh, courses you can take that you know you end up with a certificate or some sort of you know qualification or whatever um, within it but then there's just the benefit of just gaining more experience it doesn't have to come with you know a certificate that you can frame at the end it could just be topping up your skills like dylan said experimenting playing around with things and just learning and mm. growing in experience yeah so are there any courses or things that you could uh, th- that you've done that you could tell people about uh yeah i've done a fair few courses and things because i work i do a lot of um web development and you know techie stuff by nature that moves really fast and mm-hmm. you're always having to learn new you know libraries and stuff Cody stuff yeah, coding, that i don't understand things. yep um and new tools new software and because i am a multidiscipline designer there's there's a lot of stuff to to keep up with mm-hmm. so at the moment i've got a part-time contract gig and i'm doing that with freelancing mm-hmm. talk about that in another podcast maybe but you know the skills i'm using in that contract uh, skills i've had to learn in the last sort of couple of years really mm-hmm. um you know maybe longer than that um, refining them but there's there's certainly things i'm doing now that tech's only been around for two years or so yeah so you have to keep on top of the ball um otherwise you'll look up a job description Let, let's say for instance you're freelancing mm-hmm. and things change and you have to go get a job yeah you know that'll happen a lot what you know it's it's perfectly understandable that if you don't uh, focus on career progression while you're self-employed you'll let things drift mm-hmm. go for a job and listed will be like requirements for stuff in experience that you have no idea about mm-hmm. because you haven't taken the time to learn it yeah so it's really important not just for your freelancing stuff but if you go get a job heaven forbid then <laughs> you will you know it, it'll it'll aid you in the future no matter what yeah i suppose it's easy when you are self-employed to forget about the value of your cv yeah yeah that's a big definitely because i think you know if you're working job jobs you'll uh you'll be thinking oh this would be great for my cv this will look great on my cv um but when you're working for yourself you kind of think ah cvs but it's still important because you don't know what the future holds yeah so in the probably the last year i've I've had uh, i have had it's it's nice um i've had bigger companies approach me for contract roles and different different gigs and that's made me realize the value of my CV. Before, mm-hmm. I just thought that's just stuff I've done. Yeah. But it's like, actually, when you break it down and try and make it, I hadn't, I mean, I didn't write a CV for years. <laughs> years and years. Mm-hmm. So when you actually break it down and write your CV out, actually, that's maybe a good exercise. Mm-hmm. Write your own CV out. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Be good one for me. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe look at some job roles. Hey, here you are. Here's an actionable. Go on some, because even if you don't want to get a normal job mm-hmm. and unexpected to anytime soon, this will help what you do for yourself. Mm hmm. If you go on a job board, there's like loads out there. Look for similar roles to what you do. Look at the actual post and what's required. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like key skills that are after and that. And then match that up against your own CV. Yeah. It'd be really interesting because for me, it was eye-opening. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got, I, I do know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other stuff like, well, okay, I probably should learn that. Or maybe I just didn't know it in the way that they, in, to the level they expected. So yeah. I realized, okay, there's some other stuff I could really, uh, could get could get better at and spend more time on. Mm-hmm. But that helps me if I do want to get a contract role or, uh, you know, the bigger the clients, the, the more prestigious the gig, they will want to see some more solid stuff like that. So that's something to c- consider is 
how is your own skill set shaping up? I mean, for you, you've had to learn new stuff, yeah? Yeah, I've um, I've done courses on, is it Udemy? Udemy, yeah. is that how you pronounce it? Um, that was a course for my iPad Pro, and I got the Apple Pencil uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah, um, years. I needed to learn to use things like Procreate, so I took a course. Um, I've done more expensive courses um there's a, a website called make art that sells that's run by um an art editor um and that was like a degree course squeezed into six six weeks it was really full-on um but definitely very beneficial um and then other than that i've done free courses online and a whole lot of youtube mm. so yeah. yeah yeah again there's loads of free things you can do if just mixing with other people Mm-hmm. Um, and bouncing off where, where each other's up, learn, learning from other people. Yeah, I've gone to social media workshops. Yeah. That's been really helpful. Yeah, all important stuff. All right, the next thing is probably a bit related to what we talked about first in terms of sickness. We will try to hurry up. I'm already out of tea. It's terrible, isn't it? Mine's going cold. Is health. Yep. The topic of health. Now, we're going to run through some some stuff at the end, but a lot of physicians will say they include things like um, uh, gym, private health cover, all those kind of things. Now, we're not saying specifically you need to go get a gym membership and take up private health cover because that can be expensive and not, not be a good suit, a good fit for you. Yep. And but full disclosure, we don't have gym memberships. No, all private health we, cover. We had gym membership for about six months because we were locked in, but we never actually used it. Okay. I think Monkey, our cat, has private health cover, but we don't. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, point we're trying to make is it's really easy to neglect your health when mm-hmm. you're self-employed. And that's not just your physical health, but that's your mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we find is really tricky is just drinking and eating well. I know this sounds really simplistic, yep. but man, having lunch when you're free, like, oh, we just hate it because it's like you're busy. It's the most and... annoying meal of the day. Like yeah. I find it easy to plan breakfast and dinner, but lunch. Ugh. And when you when you work for someone or if you go, I've got a remote working space, I go with friends, there's nice food around. You can go to a cafe or you sort of have more structured time off. But when you work for yourself, you just end up going, let's be honest, most of us, surely, it's not all Instagram perfect. We go into the kitchen and we like... Toast, toast and cereal, whatever. Like leftovers. So, so we're trying to be better with that, but it's a struggle. So things like health, uh, again, if you if you were working in a job, they might put on some nice food, there might, might, might be a nice cafe, and that's not a requirement. But these are the kind of things where you think, right, if I was working for someone, what would I be getting? And here I am, you know, not really treating this with respect, my, my lunch. But, you know, that's that's that can make your day more, more enjoyable, can't mm-hmm. it? And in terms of your health, from a wider perspective, there's other things that we can do. Mm-hmm. So one is, again, this might sound really tedious, but workplace ergonomics. Some places you work will have like a dedicated health and safety officer. Yeah. Who will, his job is to like heighten chairs. And I've been to a place where you're not even allowed to heighten your chair because that's the job of the... They know all the measurements and and that's probably too far one way. But we, we often just won't even take these things into consideration. And then we end up with bad backs and RSI and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. where that would have been looked at properly yep. had we been 
working for someone. Yeah, and it's, it, it is really easy to ignore. I, I've got a good setup, but um, just even the last two days, I've been finishing um, some painted illustrative work and I've been hunched over. I didn't have my board set up. Um, I don't think my desk was at the right height. And by the end of the day yesterday, my neck was really sore. Mm. Um, and then finally today, I went I went back to the desk. I carried on and my neck started to hurt again. And I had to, you know, tell myself, Megan, for goodness sake, sort your desk out. So I cleared my desk. I put my laptop, laptop riser back on my desk, um, set the desk height correctly. And I was way more comfortable. Yeah, so consider those those things you can do. A lot of the things are either free or cheap to mm-hmm. buy if you need things. There w- there'll be work expenses. You can claim tax back on those. Um, for me, I've got RSI in my right hand, mm-hmm. um, and it's really bad. And, you know, if I was working somewhere, you'd expect that I hadn't let it get to that point. Now, we can't always just blame an employer, you know, mm-hmm. but there are um, things that we should consider like that. And another one would be, just going for walks. We talked about getting away from our desk. Yep. Maybe you just want to go for a walk or, or have a nice break. You know, if you're working for someone, you generally have what? Is it like an hour off at lunch? Might be, might be anywhere between. At least a half Half hour. hour, 40 minutes, an mm-hmm. hour. Do we do that? Or do we just go grab something, come back and eat it out of the desk? Are we having structured time off where we can regroup and come back? And it's not just lunch breaks. It's it's regular no, no. breaks through the day. I mean, yeah. there's, there's apps and timers out there that you can get on your phone or on your computer for free that will remind you to get away from your desk yeah that's got physical benefits and it's also got mental benefits in terms of your mental health mm-hmm. another mental health thing could just be the human connection so mm, that's a big uh, one yeah yeah if you're working for someone you might be in an, in an environment with lots of people and then all of a sudden you're in solitude i mean this will be another podcast i'm sure yeah but making time for human connection is there a remote working space are there other freelancers that you can meet for coffee and work together mm-hmm. or just have a chat mm-hmm. are there events and meetups you can go to all of these are often perks with a normal job that we to our detriment throw away when we become self-employed and we and we probably shouldn't we should we should focus on keeping those in some way and working them into what we do yeah and we've been really guilty particularly with the the human connection and the sort of community side of things of really neglecting that and it's probably in the last maybe two three years that we've recognized the detrimental effects of neglecting that and we sort of employ different ways of of battling that and dealing with that like dylan will work at co-working spaces regularly now and that's been really great for him and for me i connect with other freelancers in my area and i meet up on a monthly basis as a group with them or i meet them individually and that's been really good for me yeah so even like when you say doing the meetups if you were working for someone there might be a regular event that happens anyway Mm -hmm. like and it could be like a fun event i mean a contract i'm involved with now every month they have a meal and they they, it's it's half social half worky kind of thing it's obviously christmas parties Mm -hmm. but the obviously the whole idea of having a social event or a community that kind of thing i just want to we just want to drive that home that's super important well, and it's not just making connections with work-related friends or colleagues or whatever. Um, it can be making time for those social connections outside of work. So whether that's mm. being part of some sort of sports team, like recently Dylan has been playing cricket, which you're really enjoying, and that's good for you after work. Um, and I may meet up with friends that have nothing to do with uh, self-employment, um, but, you know, I, I might schedule out an afternoon where I meet a friend for coffee because that's their day off from their regular job. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a really important one to consider. 
And then if we move on to one more thing under that health bracket, which is just, it sounds very simple again, but making your work environment nice. Mm-hmm. So we looked at a lot of job descriptions and a lot would say things like exciting work environment yeah. and explain the place. You think, oh yeah, that's actually, that is a draw, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When I've been offered contracts in other positions before, I've tried to picture what work environment's like. Is it a really boring, dull office or is it like a nice, fun space? Yeah. And the remote working space I'm in now is a nice space, mm-hmm. and, you know, and we've got the potential when we work for ourselves to create a nice space. Now, we might all not have a luxurious space in the sense of a lot of space. Mm-hmm. We might be under some stairs. We might be in a small little corner spare of a room, room, spare room, whatever. But let's make, let's try and make whatever space we've got work for us, not just in terms of our health and safety stuff with ergonomics and all that, but just make it a nice workspace in terms of your mental health, somewhere you can focus and... and That's get, inspiring as well. Yeah. Yeah, inspires you. That's a that's a good phrase. So, under that health bracket, I think those are, those are all really important things to be able to put into action. Consider them, and then and then ask yourself, how can I work that into what I do? How can I improve on those things that would make it? If I was looking at my job for, as an outsider, would I want it? Would yeah. I want to sign up? Mm-hmm. If I was the boss interviewing me, would I say yes? I'm I'd, I'd like to to work here. So what we've got here is a printout. I've just I've just copied out a few uh, job descriptions that we found. We went on a popular job website. We looked for roles that we'd be going for if we were looking for an actual job, full time mm-hmm. job, and we came back. I've come back here with some of the uh, benefit bits in each of the job description. And this didn't take long to pull back to it. No, I spent about ten minutes looking. Ten minutes just over coffee. So it's not rigged. This is all all out there. Um, so what we got here, we've got this this job here says that it's got a competitive pension scheme. Now, most of them say something like that. Generous pension scheme, competitive, excellent pension scheme. So we've gone over that already. You could expect that with a job, some sort of pension scheme. Don't neglect it. Then we've got uh, life assurance. Again, going back to what we're talking about, illness stuff. Then we've got team social events. This one here says... Uh, Excellent work-life balance, relaxed fun days with regular team get-togethers. A good country pub lunch always goes down well. So you've got job positions really driving home that social aspect and the things happening away from a desk. You'll be working with our small, fun and creative team in a converted barn set in the beautiful green rolling Buckinghamshire Hills. Sounds nice. So the social aspect, but also work environment important. We've got... um, uh, Amazing benefits such as opportunities for career progression. Mm-hmm. There we are, coming back to that. Fully funded social events. And most importantly, free tea and coffee. Well, I got our vote. <laughs> and we've got life assurance. We talked about uh, illness cover and that. Simply health scheme and generous pension scheme. Again, so simply health scheme and life assurance, all that illness and, and, and health stuff we talked about. Uh, and then we've got... Um, even things outside of that, even additional perks. And in part two, we'll talk about some of the additional perks that we can we can make happen as, as freelancers. But we've got stuff like, um, so this one says, um, free vending machine days. Okay. So we need to get a vending machine in here. Right. Pronto. Okay. Masseuses at desks. Yes, please. And smoothie bikes. 
Okay. Smoothie bike. So if anyone knows what a smoothie bike is, <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's like, does the do the pedals make the smoothie? Yeah, I'm imagining, that... I'm imagining somebody cycling around the office with like a basket on the front of the bike with smoothies in it, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, the mind boggles. Or is it like you're, you're losing weight on the bike, so you deserve a smoothie? Is it like a calorie thing? Uh, who knows? I, I'm, I'm imagining like a really crude, um, like a really rough drawing from like Leonardo da Vinci. You know, he drew the early bikes or it's a, it's a myth, <laughs> right, just a smoothie okay, bike. Right. We find it was invented like a long time ago in the <laughs> Netherlands. But... um. Yeah, and we've got stuff like um, ongoing incentive rewards and trips such as skiing, city breaks, sunset, holes, Michelin-style restaurants, much more. So there's stuff that goes like... Well, it's fancy. Yeah, pretty fancy. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, access to company well-being benefits and discounts, access to training and development programs. So there we are. So heaps of stuff. Again, I, I, would, I would encourage people to look up some roles similar to what you're doing now to get an idea. But don't look at this and go, oh, man, I haven't got a smoothie bike or a free vending machine. <laughs> or a masseuse at my desk. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you're not going to get much work done with a masseuse at your desk, are you? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, don't, 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 don't hear all that thing, old man. But let's be encouraged to make our what we do work for us in the way that we would expect it to in the normal workplace. Yeah. Yeah. There, it won't be an instant thing. Some of these things might take a long time to work in. Yeah, but... you've got to be realistic. Yeah. You know, it's obviously if you're starting out, like, you know, obviously money can be tight at any point, I suppose. But, um, you know, it's it's important to to look at each section. I mean, there probably are other things that we haven't even touched on. Um, but maybe it's worth listening back through, um, getting a pen and paper and, you know, and, and writing down the heading sickness and writing down how you normally respond when you've, you know, you've got a cold or whatever and, and making uh, plans to approach it um, in a different way and give yourself the permission to take time off. Maybe you do need to think about um, savings. Maybe you do need to think about your pension if you haven't already um, and just make plans, even if they're small. Yeah, I think it's, it's really good advice. So again, we are not perfect with this and we could have done with this information a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So we're not like speaking down to anyone. We just, I just always thought this is a really important topic to cover mm -hmm. um, because freelancing is awesome. Contracting is awesome. Working yourself is, is great. We love it. Um, but that this can be a real downside. Yeah. And it takes years to sometimes realize. And then there's regret. It takes being proactive to make it work for you. Yeah. So we really hope that's been helpful. Get involved online. Like and subscribe to this podcast. That would be fantastic. And if you've got any questions or any feedback, any stories of putting this stuff into place, we would really, really, really love to hear that. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Yep, thanks. And we're going to go and jump on our smoothie bikes. <laughs> Cheers. Bye, guys. Bye.